Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. should withdraw that, and if you don't, we will have to do it on the floor of the Senate. We're going to fight for those Australians who haven't got the time to go around and get on Twitter and wear t-shirts. The kids who are sick cannot do the hip-hop anymore. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. G'day and welcome to The Curb. My name's Andrew Pierce, and this is the podcast is all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region and I pay respects to the elders both past, present and emerging. I want to wish you all a happy new year and I hope that you had a safe one and uh, spent some time with your family and friends and uh, some restorative time with each other. It's always nice to have that bit of a downtime over the the holiday break uh, to look after yourselves and get yourself refreshed for the new year. Uh, It's going to be a pretty big year as well. Of course, we're at the start of a new decade, uh, which is going to be very, very exciting. Um, So yeah, I'm sure that you've all got... uh, goals and things that you want to achieve and hopefully you manage to do all of that. If you're on the east coast of Australia at the moment as well, I want to take a shout out to you guys at the moment. I know you are all doing it tough with the bushfires that are going on there and I hope you're all keeping as safe as you can. Um, It's got to be really difficult and tough over there so um, please look after yourselves as much as you can. but let's jump into what this episode is about. Uh, 2020 is going to have some pretty exciting things for Australian film coming out this year. Some really, really good Australian films coming out this year so far that I've already seen. I've seen Go, which is a really fun kids film that I'm, I'm really excited to see Australian audiences get on board with. Um, there's the documentary Luby, which featured in my best Australian film list of 2019, uh, which will be getting a wider release somehow uh, in 2020 which is going to be fantastic. And then there's this film, which is John Sheedy's uh, adaptation of My Life as an Alphabet, the film H is for Happiness. Now, I've seen this a few times, and I absolutely loved it the first time, and I loved it even more the second time. It is a genuine treat of a film. Really, really beautiful, uh, fun, family-friendly film. There is a lot to love about this film. It is full of so many laughs and so much heart and warmth, I just think it's an absolute gem of a film. And while I was a huge fan of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, that was my favourite film for 2019, uh, if H is for Happiness came out in 2019, then it would have topped the list. It's that good. I just adore it completely. And so I have already had a chat to the writer, Lisa Hopp, who the written interview is up online. You can check that out at thecurb.com.au. And I was fortunate enough to have a chat to both director John 
Sheedy about his work on the film and the star of the film, Daisy Axon, who is just an absolute gem in the film. She is the central character and her character, Candice Fee, is just an absolute joy of a character to watch grow and, and be exciting and entertaining. And her relationship with her best friend, Douglas Benson from Another Dimension, is always a treat to watch and grow as the film continues. Again, it's such a beautiful film, and I really, really uh, enjoy talking to both John and Daisy about their work on the film, and I hope that you really enjoy this movie too. It's just been screening at uh, the Perth uh, International Film Festival as part of the Lottery West lineup there, and it's been one of the best films there. I went and saw it with my parents on the opening night, and it was sold out, jam-packed, full of people. It was absolutely fantastic, and everybody laughed and smiled and cried at the right points as well, which is always nice to see. Anyhow, that's enough from me. Uh, H's for Happiness will be screening later on in the year, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, head over to their Facebook page, H's for Happiness Film, and give it a like so you can keep an eye out when the film is rolling out because it is certainly one that you're going to be wanting to take along your whole entire family to go and see. Here is John Sheedy, director of H's for Happiness, and then after John will be actress Daisy Axon talking about the film. Your job in this assignment is to write about something that's happened to you in the past. It's difficult to tell who Miss Bamford is looking at with that one eye that bobs like a maniac. I was going to present H for Happiness. I worried Mum, Dad and Rich Uncle Brian have forgotten how to be happy. Maybe I can do something about it. Do you really want to divorce us? Yes. No. But that doesn't mean I can't keep trying to plant the seed. <laughs> well, thanks for um, spending some time to talk about your fantastic film as well. Um, I absolutely loved it. Fine. and uh, Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, glad I can... Um, Oh, thank you, yeah. Do what I can to help uh, get people out there to go and see it. Um, and congratulations as well for the, the win down at CBS too. Oh, yeah, thank you. That was, um, yeah, that was fun. That was good. Mm. <laughs> well deserved. Yeah, I mean, it was, the, the, the other films are absolutely nice fantastic, but um, H's for Happiness is well deserving of the, the win, for sure. Oh, lovely, yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. We're all pretty happy, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, how did you get started on H's for Happiness? Like, I, you've gone from theatre to uh, Mrs. McCutcheon and now this. Um, what was the, the kind Ooh. of uh, the steps that you took to get to making your first feature film? Um, well, I guess, first of all, there's probably, you know... 15 years of experience as a theatre director and a storyteller, um, you know, working with actors and shaping a new script and a text. And um, so, you know, there's always there's, there's that in my background, obviously. Um, and particularly uh, the last, probably last few years, I created some work, family works on the stage, like Jasper Jones and Storm Boy. Uh, the rabbit, the opera. So, and I knew I wanted to shift my focus into filmmaking. Um, not that I'm 
ever turn my back on theatre, but certainly film making is a bit more of my focus these days. But I knew I had to make a short film and get that out there, and so I had Mr. McCutcheon in my head for quite a while, and then eventually um, wrote it out, um, directed the film, got it out there into the festivals, and it had an amazing journey, that little film. Um, it got picked up by Miss Melbourne International Film Festival and won Best Australian Short Film there. And then from that, it's pretty much just gone around the world, and I think we're just at our 137th festival. Wow. <laughs> um, and we just received our 47th award. Well, congratulations. Yeah, we 47th award. So that little film has had such a big life and a, a huge success, and I think it's got a, it's, it's a short film with a really powerful message and a big message. And so from that, really, um, you know, they've got a lot of attention and... Uh, Cyan Films are looking for a director for this new feature film Ace for Happiness and they approached my agent my agent sent them the link to Ms McCutcheon and that was it, they were sold and so they, they rung me we had a meeting, we had a chat and, uh, and it happened very quickly I was signed up and then off we went into it got financed really quickly actually um, and so a year to the meeting we started filming Wow, that's pretty. I mean, yeah. that is very quick for, as you're saying, for for Australian films. Um, often they take a, a fair amount of time, but there is something about HS for Happiness that makes sense why it would get pushed so quickly because it's got so much heart and spirit think, to it. Yeah, I think everyone recognises it's a film that's just full of charm, full of heart, has a really important message. I always look for work. And especially for if I'm if I'm creating a work for families, young people and families, I I always look for a work that has, um, you know, some tough moments in there, um, as as well as some very humorous moments. I think that balance is what really interests me. And Hs for Happiness was full of humor and pathos, and the balance was just spot on. And that was what was really attractive to me. That's what I did with Mrs. McCutcheon. That's what I've done with all of my work. I'm not one to patronise a young audience. Um, I can't stand it, actually. I think, you know, they are far more resilient and way ahead of us uh, than we think. And so you have to trust and allow them to navigate their own journey through any piece of film or theatre that you create for them. And they do. And certainly Asians have had all those ingredients and I think that was reflected in the funding bodies and the investors could see how charming the film was and um, how it had an important message. Mm. Celebrate, elevate, you know, uh, people who aren't, who are slightly out of the ordinary. Um, it deals with grief. Um, so, I was, yeah, I think it was unanimous across the board and it's not a surprise it happened quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that as well because, you know, as you're saying with the Rabbits and Jasper Jones and Stormboy and now H is for Happiness as well, working, you know, creating uh, things that are designed for kids but still very much, uh, you know, embracing the adult audience as well. How do you find that balance and, and how do you... Uh, 
weave those stories to make them a universal across all age groups kind of uh, thing for people to appreciate and love. Yeah, look, I, I love that challenge. Uh, that's what excites me the most. And, you know, when you, you get a script or you come up with a story or an idea or an adaptation, obviously you look for that balance and there have to be access points for all ages and, and for it to be universal. The themes have to be universal. Like Greece is a universal theme. You know, kids who are being bullied because they don't fit into the norm is a universal theme. And it's how you, as an artist or a director, make sure that you provide those access points for both young people and adults. And that's the part I really enjoy the most. And uh, you can't get too caught up in the art because then I think you it's more about what you find entertaining rather than knowing how to reach an audience, a broad audience. So you have to keep a check on what you're doing and keep going back to the central tagline, which is this is a story about, and that's what I always do with everything I work on and go, make sure I'm going back and telling that that one liner there that will have access to a whole, uh, to a lot of gener- different generations and a, and a, a universal audience. I think that was the, the success of Mrs. McCutcheon is that it appealed universally. Um, it was also topical, um, but it didn't marginalise an audience. It opened it up. It didn't ram the politics of transgender children across the audience. It, it, um, it left it open. It left them to decide. It allowed them to have their own thought process. Um, and that's what's really important. Don't tell the audience how, how to think. Let them, let them do that because mm. they will beautifully, particularly young people. Like I said, you just don't patronise them. They're all over it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the discussions I had with people after watching H of Happiness down at um, Sydney First Dollars, a lot of them were like, oh, you know, it's very it's very bright and colourful, but there's moments of darkness in it. And I was like, well, I didn't think, I mean, yeah, there are moments of darkness in it, but I didn't think that it was so dark that it became oppressive or anything like that. Um, so I'm curious for you how you balance the two of those and present it in such Ooh. a relatable and, you know, important way that people understand, well, especially younger audiences understand that these serious, terrible things can occur in life and, you know, mental illness is a real thing and things like that. Um, how do Ooh. you balance that as a, as a filmmaker? Well, you know, I, I guess design is also one of my favourite parts of any creating any work I'll be on film or stage. And I think when one of the things you do to balance it out is by creating a universe. So you have these tough themes and you place them in a universe or a world that is slightly colourful, that is quirky. So we can take our audience into the tougher moments, the harder moments, uh, but they're surrounded by a world that is slightly colourful, slightly odd. That allows them to sit in a safe space, uh, to look at the, the, the to sit in the sadder moments, and that's what creates the balance. 
is that larger world around. It allows us to step out, take a breath, laugh and celebrate our differences as well and move forward. So I think that design-wise, uh, where you place tough moments uh, is really important because if you if you have you're dealing with grief and you're dealing with mental illness and you put it in a world that is drab, that is you've got walls, that wallpaper's peeling away and the lighting, you know, dark and terrible, you're going to bring the audience really right down, you know, and it becomes a scary place. Um, so I, I think we can't underestimate the world we create around those issues visually and the visual world that is there is super important and that's what I've always done and the part I um, enjoy kind of drilling down into and seeing how we can create that balance. I, I, I like that you say that too because so often when, you know, stage plays are adapted to, to film or, um, you know, the, there is that uh, the, the desire to strip away as much of the, uh, the theatricality of the stage as possible and make it a film. Mm. And while obviously mm. Hatches for Happiness wasn't, you know, based on a, a stage play or anything like that, you can clearly see your theatrical roots being embraced and, and embellished there. And that's what I absolutely mm. love because it makes, you know, you're, you're playing for the people in the back seats in a lot of ways. And that makes it a lot more um, energetic and vibrant in so many different ways. And I, I love that as, a, as somebody sitting there watching it because it's, you're mm. creating a beautiful language uh, for the film that makes it all the more memorable. The, the amount of scenes that I've got in my mind that, you know, I just keep on rolling through and thinking about so many great comedic moments that are built mm. because of that theatricality. So um, yeah. it's nice that you do that, yeah. And it, it, it feels yeah. fresh and unique because we so rarely see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, thank you. It was, um, and again, it was, it was the toughest part of this film was making sure there's a fine balance there um, in all those areas we've just discussed. And um, I, I think it's there on the screen. Um, I, you know, the performances are real. Everything there is real. Every emotion is real. Um, and there's three worlds we're exploring. You know, there's, there's Candace's world of her town where she sees all the oddities and she accepts all those oddities and she she's delighted in the the strange people, the neighbours. Uh, there's the school, which is, you know, um, again, slightly quirky and with these colourful students and characters. And there's a third world, which is her home, and it's a house of stillness and silence and grief. And to put those three worlds together and play them out, contrasting to each other, is, is, um, was something I had to keep my eye on to make sure we didn't spend too much time in one than the other. So, that's, yeah, that was, that was the approach. And um, and I think, you know, in, in any script or performance, and as you were saying, it's, I mean, when you're creating works with families, you know the parents are going to be taking the children to the theatre. You, you, you know the grandparents are going to be doing it. You've always got to have something in there for them as well. So, and I really enjoy having, being able to put things in there for them yeah. to allow them to laugh or kind of go, oh, yes, that's right. That's, that is what we do. 
that, you know, so that's, that's a lot of fun. You know, I think Pixar do the, the triple audience brilliantly, you know, and um, I find them, their work's really inspiring because they hit a target of young audience, teenagers and adults, so uh, that's genius. It, it really is, yeah. Um, did mm. you look to them for inspiration or did you look at other films? Oh, I've, 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 always, I've always looked at Pixar for... I've always been inspired by their films. I've always admired particularly how they, they reach three streams, audience streams. You know, I just think it's so clever. Um, and they've always got a lot of heart in their films and that's really important to me is to make sure that film's got heart. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I I spoke to Daisy the other night, um, and she's such mm-hmm. a oh, such a treat of a, a person to um, to talk to and to to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. She just lights up the screen. Um, how'd you go about casting her? Uh, well, the casting process was was pretty big. Of course, I think there was over four hundred screen tests. For that role wow. um, across Australia and New Zealand and um, Jane Norris casting was leading it and Jane you know travelled around and narrowed it down to about 60 that I looked at and then you know we we got callbacks to about 60 and then we narrowed it down and narrowed it down so it's a process of elimination of course and I think the thing that I kept going back to Daisy with is that, that little girl has a light inside of her and Ed just showed every time she walked in that door and she she was genuine super smart funny, vulnerable everything that character is and she didn't judge the character every time she came in for a screen test she, she never judged the character she always found something new about her, about Candace, and she showed us. And I thought, there you are, you're, you're it, that's it. Plus, she had read the book plenty of, uh, multiple times, and Candace Fee is one of her all-time favourite literary characters, uh, characters, literature characters. So that, that was a bonus. And that, that was before even, even the audition came up. So she knew everything about her yeah. and discovered more. Yeah, uh, she was yeah. saying how, you know, that book has been part of her life and just, um, you know, she said she's read it over and over and over again. And um, it's great to see that kind of story being embraced by kids growing up. You know, I, I, I mean, as an adult, I'm so out of touch with um, kids literature and, you know, young adult literature. But it's great to see Ooh. these stories out there and being embraced and. And it's nice that there are writers out there who are telling these kinds of stories. It's, um, it's important. It's, it's very important. Yeah. 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 yeah it is. So, um, and of course, then there's, there's Wesley who was in Mrs. McCutcheon. So it was great to bring him across in his feature debut um, because that, that kid has endless charm. Oh, he does, um, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just has it. He walks in front of that camera and just it goes kaboom. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's so. And if you ask him how it, if you ask him how he does it, she wouldn't be able to tell you. He just <laughs> instinctively 
doesn't. And that's right that he wouldn't be able to tell you. That's absolutely right, you know? He just has it, and he just does it instinctively, beautifully, charmingly. And so between the two of them, they were a perfect fit. Well, their, their friendship is so great to watch, uh, you know, flourish and grow over the film. Mm. Um, one last question as well is I'm curious about, like, there's there's some more risque stuff, I guess, in a way for a kid's film, like talking about inflatable bras and stuff like that. How do you as a mm. director deal with younger actors talking about these kinds of things? Um it's presented so so brilliantly, and, and Daisy mentioned there was one of her favourite scenes to shoot. She just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. But how do you deal with yeah. that? How do you manage that? Oh, well, you know, you, 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 I guess you just approach it in a comical way. You go, you know what? She's going through being a teenager, transitional years, and so, you know, she's comparing herself to the other girls at school. You talk through all these things that on the, that the character's going through, you know, and so what Douglas does, because she mentions her lack of development in the chest area um, and compared to Jen Marshall, and so the little guy, out of the goodness of his heart, invents these inflatable breasts to cheer up, you know, and you, you have to approach it from a comical point of view, and the kids did. They just thought it was hilarious, and, of course, in the design, how you design that, is a whole other thing. So what's the most innocent way to do it? Find some colourful beach balls, you know? Um, that, I, you know, that that's also visually uh, hilarious. So I guess you sit there and you, you, you talk it through, but you talk it through with laughter mm. and allow them to lead that conversation question. You know, everyone unanimously, though, just thought that was, one of the funniest parts of that script. So, um, yeah, and it was part of the screen test that that conversation, that handing over of the present was part of the screen test for the callback. So we got it in early to see how, you know, to be able to talk it through and to also have a laugh because that's important. Well, I think it's just one of the most hilarious moments. And, of course, the, the climax is just... Just one of the most yeah. instantly memorable moments in Australian film. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I I feel like I'm praising this film a lot and be, because it deserves it. But you know, when I walked out of it, I was Very like, nice that bit. is a like that climax is an all timer. It's an absolute all timer, yeah. and I have to yeah. applaud you for it. I just love it so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you, mate. That's so nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited so, to I'm see. So glad um, you had such a good time. What was that, sorry? I'm so glad you had a good time watching it. Oh, yeah, and I can't wait to hear what audiences, uh, how they respond to it. It's it's obviously screening in mm. Perth um, very soon at the Perth Festival and then uh, whatever mm. the rollout is in 2020, I'm, I'm beyond excited. I'm taking my family along to go and see it um, when it screens here at Perth Festival because I haven't right. been able to shut up about the film, so... Um, they were like, "Well, you need to take me along to go and see uh, this yeah. film that you won't talk, you won't stop talking about." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, wonderful. Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you wow. so much for your time, John. I've really appreciated. Well, no, it. thank you. Yeah, uh, hope so, you um, pick out some nice frames for yourself. So that was director John Sheedy talking about H's for Happiness. And now we're going to listen to my interview with the lead actress Daisy Axon. 
Hi, Andrew. Hey, Daisy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Hey, thank you so much for um, you know, taking the time to have a have a chat. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I've I've um been a big fan of yours this year because <laughs> I've seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen you in a bunch of films. Obviously, um, Judy and Punch, and then Naked, uh, The Naked Wander, and then. Um, oh yeah. And now Hate is for Happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, The Naked Wander. I'm surprised that you um found me in that because I was only in it for like. Five seconds. <laughs> well, I don't think I would have, like, if I hadn't already seen H's for Happiness, I wouldn't have been able to go on, oh, that's Daisy. But yeah, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're only in that for a short, brief uh, moment. But um, yeah. Yeah. H's for Happiness. Wow. I, I, that's the best film I've seen this year. And I absolutely adore that film. Wow. So thank you so much for it. I, I No, thank you for saying nice words about it. I mean, that's what we wanted it to come across to be, like, have a great effect on people. But it's nice to um, see that you like it too. So, Oh, but. yeah. Like, I I walked out of the because I saw it down at Sydney Fest Oz, and it was the day that, um, I think it was the day that, the, that it won. And, um, oh, yeah? Yeah, and I remember walking out of it going, oh, my gosh, that is going to win the prize. That is going to win the prize. <laughs> and then that night, yeah, I was sitting there and um, and – all the other guys that I was there with hadn't watched it yet. And, um, oh. and they're all like, oh, I think Judy and Punch is going to win. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hatreds for Happiness is going to do it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Yeah, congratulations. What's that like? Oh, I mean, that was so, yeah. it was so surreal because we went, previously I went to um, Myth, which was incredible because mm. a lot of my family came over and that was, it wasn't up for any awards. I don't know. Nah, I'm a, I don't think it was up for any awards, but then we came back to Perth, and then a few weeks later we went to Cinefest, um, and I went for the Judy and Punch premiere first, which was exciting, because I got to see some of the um, cast and crew that I hadn't seen since last May, so that um, it was that was good, and then I also um, then went to go see Hatreds for Happiness in the um, at lunchtime, and then afterwards, afterwards we went to the gala, and um, we all got dressed up and everything, and it was really good. And I saw all the films that we were up against, and I knew that whoever won would have been amazing because each film I'd seen about. Well, I knew I'd know, I knew what um, Go was about. I knew um, Judy and Punch. I knew uh, a few of the other ones as well, but they all looked amazing. And then when um, the lady was saying about how the juries what they thought of the actual winning film, but they tried not to give it away. Um, afterwards, a lot of um, my friends told me that they knew. From what they were saying, they knew it was Hatred for Happiness because um, I think one of the jury said that it reminded her of her childhood and her family um, and key things like that. So once the lady started saying that, I think I was hooked. I didn't yeah. want to get my hopes too up, but like... I kind of knew, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I, when when she started saying it too, I was like, yeah, this, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they've made the right choice. I mean, all the other films yeah. are very good, but yeah. Yeah. Know, there's just something special about H's for Happiness. What was it like making it as well? Because there seems to be, I mean, Candace is such a beautiful character and so fully formed and realized. And I'm curious how much of you is part of her and and how much was you know in, yeah. in the script and stuff 
Well, I read I, the the um, the book that the movie is actually based on. It's called My Life as an Alphabet. And while my sister was in primary school, I think her late years of primary school, she started to read the book. And I remember one time going to the library and picking up the book. And my sister said, oh, yeah, go ahead and read that. It's a bit emotional. It's a good book, but a bit emotional. So I'll see how you go with it. And I read it, and I immediately fell in love with the book. I loved Candace, and I related to her on so many levels. Not, I wouldn't say the family part of this, of it, to be honest, because um, my family's great, but her personality traits and who she is in general, I kind of related to. So when I went through the auditions and found out I got the part and went through pre-production and then filming, I think from reading the book... But not only that, from knowing her for a while, it's, I knew her from age, I knew her months before I even got the script for it. So I felt as though I had prepped a lot for it, but not on purpose. I knew, I knew her a lot. So that helped me by reading the book and also just getting to her shoes helped me a lot with um, transforming into her character. But um, like I said, relating onto her, personality traits quite easily especially in scenes I'm going to be honest here with where she's talking about um, growing up especially with puberty and with the scene where she holds up um, her and Douglas are in the bedroom and mm. they have the inflatable um, breasts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them cracked I'm so happy some of the things that they actually added to the movie that weren't in the book Sometimes I think they could have they could have not put it off. They could have put in something that didn't relate to the book at all. But what they did was Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers and stuff that they added to it personally matched so well. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah. Did you know about Dolly Parton before doing this, or no? I didn't at all. Like when I went through the audition phases, they hadn't given us that script, that part of the script to work, that part of the movie to work on. So um, when I originally got the script and we were in pre-production and me, Wesley and Cass Moore, who was the um, uh, acting coach, we read through the whole script. I knew what the song was, I knew what the song was, but then when I read it like thoroughly and realised what this scene will be like, I got very excited. (laughs) I can imagine, yeah, yeah. It's it's got to be something so, um, you know, you're given something so rich and, and joyous to work with, so entertaining, purely entertaining to work with. It's got to be a lot of fun. And it was, yeah, yeah. With that in mind as well, what was it like? Like the dialogue in this film feels like I've said a lot of the lines, uh, you know, to myself because nobody else has seen it yet because it's not been out yet which is I'm like yeah. itching for everybody to watch this film but you know when I'm walking around at home talking to the dogs I've, I've said some of the lines and it's just so fun to be able to say what's that like you know they to are. have those lines like, yeah her vocabulary and also things that do come out of her mouth are very special and I think that's that's a part of her personality trait which helps the film bring it together more I guess because of her her quirkiness some of the, she's very intelligent first of all so the things that come out of her mouth she's very informative but she's also very honest so it can come out rather 
with bad consequences or it can make people laugh, cry. It's, she's a very special person. I think um, through doing, through, through all the scenes and practicing my lines, it was quite easy to grasp onto, except she just has, when I, especially when I was practicing the script, she just has quite um, large amounts of words and mm-hmm. paragraphs she has to say. But then again, that goes with her character because she's non-stop, she loves talking. And when she is talking about something she's passionate about or something she really likes, for example, helping her family bring back happiness all together, especially when she's talking to Douglas, she's very full-on about it, which I think is great for her. Mm. Yeah, and everybody in the cast is so good as well. What What was it like working with them? Especially because, you know, there's some... Um, there's some darker moments here, but it's not. What I love about the film is it's not delivered in such a like a a really heavy way. Like there is yeah. that, that lightness to it. So, what was it like working with actors like Richard, who is just you know fantastic, and Emma, of course, yeah. who's brilliant too. I mean, I never. I on Judy and Punch, I had worked for some adults, but coming on to Hades for Happiness, in a world where I knew there would be parents and uncles and other. Um, adult actors um i was quite excited because i like the fact that i could also work with not only kids my age but then i can also go to scenes that may be a bit more mature or talk about more heavy topics with adults and i think working with amazing actors like emma and richard um in emotional and hard scenes like that it was quite easy and i think i smoothed through it well because of them bouncing off me you know energy wise so mm. i think um like emma's amazing she brings back her past or the way she acts was very um real and raw so when i was doing the teapot scene where we were um talking and then she throws the teapot at me i think one shot we did that and i was full on crying and i think that shot was full on like i think he said that that was perfect because it's good. It's good for Candice to be um, to be raw and real in those moments. Because if the whole movie was just about her with children or her with um, just happy scenes, then it wouldn't really be real. But the fact that Candice can open up to Douglas and have and just be a kid and be vulnerable in them moments, but then go to adult scenes, I like the idea of that. I liked going back and forth and having fun with Wesley, but also challenging myself with the more heavy scenes with adults mm. well, did um did john sheedy give you any uh films or, or books to to refer to as to what tone he was working for like was there any material that um you know he said watch this and you'll get an understanding of what we're working with or what we're aiming for not really to be honest i think he did sometimes he'd bring up characters um from other types of maybe books and movies, but I think he, it was more about me finding Candace, mm-hmm. and he would also add on to that. He would be like, oh, try this, or maybe that, or if you were in this situation, how would you view it? But I don't think it was necessarily... Um, he, he, he didn't really necessarily ask me to go and look at these things, but um, just allowed me to go through personally, I think go into the footsteps um, yeah. better and see how I would go. But um, with the 
outfits. I know from the costume they did look at other um, uh, other types of movies or films they got their inspiration from. And I know that Hazel was a lot from Wes Anderson, so I think maybe that could go better with it, but not when he was asking me to do things. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And certainly now I think about it, there is that very meticulous... Um aesthetic to the film that that that, yeah. that comes from you know that that Wes Anderson style aesthetic but it's very Australian style too like it's, it is it, I, I, never while I'm watching it am I thinking oh this is borrowing from Wes Anderson it feels very uh unique and, and original um yeah what was it like to work with the horse as well uh, I'm curious because I oh, love those horse. scenes <laughs> I love them. yeah that's so funny so in Judy and Punch I worked with a horse yeah and Working on another with another horse on this film, I was very excited because of what I had with experiences with the horse and Judy and Punch. But um, for pre-production, we had some horse practices and um, getting comfortable comfortable around the horses, and especially with Wesley, with him actually riding the horse with the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton Islands in the Stream scene. Um, but in the the scenes with the forest, I think. It added a lot of humour and it made the atmosphere of the actual set quite um, laughable. I remember one of the scenes when I'm, when Douglas actually falls out of the tree. Um, the horse wasn't actually in the scene, but he was um, quite far away um, in his little cable set, in his little stable um, when he wasn't needed for the scene. And when I screamed, I screamed into the forest. And one of the scenes, the horse actually neighed. <laughs> And I'm not sure if they used that, but it was, yeah, working with the horse was great. And I know, I think it was called Yankee Doodle. I think it was, yeah, I think it was called Yankee Doodle. But it was a cutie little thing, and it was always quite um, well-behaved and everything. And going up to it and patting it made it made it quite um, chill and nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you about Judy and Punch too, and, and I'll let you head off because I know you've got to have dinner in a minute. Um, but... What was it like working with Mira Fawkes in that film? Because I loved it. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant film. Um, and when you popped up in it as well, I was like, oh, yes, brilliant. Get to see Daisy again. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, I think um, the humour between Hate of Happiness and Judy and Punch is quite different. But because Judy and Punch was my first film and I went into it quite as a new actor, I guess, because I'd never really worked on the film before. Um, but Mirror was amazing, and I think, especially not having not having to act, um, not having to direct before, but just she's done short films, but this was her big kind of big moment of a film. She went through it very well, and writing it herself, especially in pre-production, it would always be very. We did a massive table read, and then she'd she'd work with actors personally, um, and on set she. She knew what she wanted, but also she allowed me to um, explore ca- Scotty's characters even more. Um, but not only Mira Fox, but also I worked with Miranda Harkle and some other coaches and actors along the way, and all of them were incredible. And especially in this 15th century view of the world, um, it was quite fun to play, especially since I wasn't around back then. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wasn't around back then. <laughs> but yeah, Mira was amazing and I still keep in touch with her now and I think it was quite special because I live in Perth, I was able to go down to Cinefest. So I've seen Mira quite a lot of times um, and she's, she was an amazing director and overall a genuinely nice person. So 
in the future I hope I do work with her again but the time I do I did have with her with directing um I really enjoyed it and she brought something to Judy and Punch that I'd never seen before yeah yeah and I I hope that you guys work together again because I I loved her direction for that film I thought it was absolutely brilliant and it was um, great yeah and just what she's doing with that that particular script is such a you know it's a as you're saying that the, there is comedy there it's a different kind of uh you know yeah. level from H's for happiness but it's they're both working on such multi-level layers you know there's darkness and then lightness and yeah, yeah. you've got to be pretty proud of your your you know it's a small catalog at the moment but it's a great catalog of films that you've worked in it's it's thank you yeah <laughs> I'm very grateful like if I think about what I did last year, last year was mainly the filming. Like I filmed Judy and Punch. I also filmed Naked Wanderer next last year, and Hatred for Happiness. That year was busy, but very, very memorable. And this year, going to all the premieres, it's kind of all linked together. And um, I know next year the films, what Hatred for Happiness is coming out. But if I think about what I have done these past two years, I'm speechless to be honest yeah <laughs> but it's not only that i mean i wouldn't be able to do it without school being so supportive and also teachers helping me with work along the way and also family coming over like my mum stayed with me in um in melbourne for around five weeks so it planned out so perfectly because of the fact that my, my parents were able to sort out things um even if it was inconvenient they'd always sort it out so it's been a whole lot of years, but it's been so, so memorable, memorable, and I'm incredibly grateful. Oh, yeah, and as as a fan of your work and the films that you've been in, I, I'm grateful that you had that support too, because it's always, uh, I guess for me at least, somebody who watches a lot of movies, sometimes you see young kids on, on screen and, you know, part of my mind is like, oh, I hope they're being looked after. I hope they're doing their homework yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. it's great to hear that you are. <laughs> and yeah, when you called, your, your mum called before, sorry to interrupt, uh, when your mum called before, she's like, oh, she's done her homework. And I'm like, oh, that's great to hear. That's really good. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. no, I love, no, I do love school. I'm not being cheesy saying that. But I, when I wasn't there for school, I think I missed out on a few months last year. Um, I'd always try and keep in touch the teachers I know though I did have tutors on set I like keeping in touch with my main teacher and when I came back this year this whole year I've been at school it's nice settling back in but then then it's also have it's also nice having the flexibility to go into what I love or into a hobby to then being able to go back to school with in normality mm. and not being weird or not like not being in a weird situation or it feels quite normal and I hope it continues like that because um I like having the best of both clubs to be honest <laughs> well that's good I'm 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 glad that you're enjoying it and it's certainly you know if you if your performance in Hatches for Happiness is anything to go by um you know you clearly are enjoying every moment on screen and you're enjoying playing these characters so uh, I'm excited to see what you do in the future and and to see your career uh, flourish and grow from here it's going to be very very exciting thank you thank you (laughs) it means a lot yeah no worries and and look thanks for your time as well I've taken a heap of your time um and yeah I'm, I'm you know excited I know that the the um the press screening for HS for Happiness was tonight, and I've sent um somebody else to go along and and 
watch it uh, because I'm taking my family along on the 30th uh, to go and watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very excited for that. uh, Oh, I can't. I'm glad you're um, going with your family and um, it's exciting that you get to see it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I endeavour to watch this film Oh, a lot of times. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. When we get it on DVD, I think um, every single week. And no, 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 no. Every single day. Every single day we watch it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you again, Daisy, for your time. I really appreciate no, it. No, thank and, you for reaching out. Yeah. It was no problem. We've yeah. got plenty of time. <laughs> and say thanks to your mum as well. I appreciate it too. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Okay. Have a good evening. So that was director John Sheedy and star of H's for Happiness, Daisy Axon, talking about their work on the film. Um, again, I gush quite a bit in those interviews and I'll gush again now. I absolutely love this film. Um, I adore it completely. It is a pure gem of a film. Um, and look, if I still gave ratings on the website, it would be an easy, easy five-star film. It's just a pure dose of joy that is fun for the whole entire family. And if you know any young kids in your life, teenagers, who are into reading, then they've likely read My Life as an Alphabet. And I've started reading it now, and it's just a wonderful book to read. And I really highly recommend it because it's uh, it talks about, you know, people who are just a little bit different, who are a little bit odd in the world, and uh, it embraces them completely. And in my review, I wrote about how I wish I had this kind of film when I was growing up, and I still wish I had this film when I was growing up, because it is purely beautiful and joyous in every single way. And that's H's for Happiness. Again, it's coming out later this year in 2020 in Australia, so keep your eye out. It will get a wide release and it will do gangbusters because it's a really, really wonderful film. Uh, I really can't wait to see it again with a jam-packed full audience because the laughter that people get from some of those scenes, especially um, some moments with uh, some inflatable breasts, uh, is just, you know, genuinely hilarious and one of the most uh, pure laugh moments I've ever had in movies in recent years. Um, I just love it. So yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Go and see H's for Happiness when it's out. Uh, head over to the website, thecurb.com.au. Uh, head over to Facebook. Um, we just recently hit a thousand likes on Facebook, which uh, is pretty exciting. Uh, you can follow us there, thecurb.au, and also on Twitter, thecurb.au. Um, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming. Might be a bit less writing from me this year as I'm starting to write a book. Uh, which I don't know how well that's going to go, but uh, got to give it a shot. I'm 35 years old, got to do these things, otherwise you never do it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks again, guys. I really hope you have a nice, safe uh, 2020. Look after each other and be kind to everyone that you can. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.